Hi guys, welcome back to Football Talk, where we talk about all things Chelsea and most things football. Today, though, we're going to have a focused look on Liverpool. Hence, our special guests, Dan Halley. Welcome, Dan. Thanks, bro. It's good to be here. Uh, it's good to have you, fam. Good to have you. Um, of course, I'm Tawanda. We're here with Simba. The normal Chelsea ultras, you know how it is. But like I said today, we're going on Liverpool. We're going on Liverpool. We're going to talk about whether they can go back-to-back this season. Is, is it possible? Is it not? Dan will probably tell you it's possible. Um, we're going to talk about potential signings. Who they are going to get. Who people believe they're going to get. And maybe we can even talk about who they might sell. Uh, we'll see as the talk goes. And then obviously, like, one of the questions that people are going to ask a lot is are Liverpool still invincible do they still have that shield among them do you think that they can still hit a 20 point gap and leave everyone in the dust like they did last season is that is that still possible and then the last thing that we're going to talk about is obviously the potential matchup this weekend Chelsea against Liverpool we already know that blood is going to boil over that one and there's going to be a bit of controversy as we talk about what Klopp says as well as what Lampard says so yeah Simba get us started we're going to start with the Liverpool can go back to back I'm good dad we know your we know your take already but I, I want to hear Simba so that you can then rebut and tell like what what Simba thinks and yeah tell us what 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 you think of what he thinks so Simba can the boys go back to back? Ooh, that was, that was a very, very dope intro. Um, <laughs> Treads to that, I'm not even going to lie. Not like I had won some award or being announced for some award. So, credits <laughs> 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 to that. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think Liverpool, they really set the benchmark, if we're being honest. Like last season, whenever Liverpool played, you just knew that these guys are going to win, no matter how badly they play. You just knew they were going to win. And, of course, there were some, a few results, like Watford, where they lost 3-0, Man City, those type of results where you can just see, okay, they're a great team, but sometimes they are um, vulnerable. So, I don't know. I think it's difficult because, they've, as I said, they've set the bar so high. And you look at teams behind them, they were 20 points ahead. And 20 points is really a hard gap to close, no matter how great you are. I mean, Man City were probably the closest to Liverpool, but they were still 20 points behind. You look at the third-place team, fourth-place team, they were all 33 points, 36 points behind. And those gaps are really big to cover. So I think in terms of back-to-back, I think they will do it, but it won't be with such a big gap. I think that this season with teams, um, Man City, Chelsea, um, low-key Arsenal as well, um, they're all rebuilding. They're all buying quality players. I think the gap won't be as big, but I still expect Liverpool to to win. But yeah, Premier League is Premier League, man. You expect the unexpected. So, yeah. This league in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's a tricky one. Um, like I think the squad having the same squad is a it's a 
it's a benefit but also a drawback in that they went all the way and they won comfortably, quite comfortably. But then also you look at like the signings bring in that new bit of life where you're like excited about something. There's a new aspect to the team. And when that comes in, it, it makes a difference in the squad and gives them that extra motivation for the new season. But having said that, I think if there's anyone who can get a team without signings motivated, it's probably Klopp because I think he's been very clear for them not to play like champions, but to play like they're attacking the league again. So I think, I think they could go back to back because like um, Simba said, for Chelsea, for Arsenal, for United, it's a rebuilding season. And for City, I don't know what to expect from City because I haven't seen any football from them since last season. <laughs> There's been no preseason, no nothing. So I, I'm not sure what to expect from City yet. Um, I think they could go back to back, but like Simba said, I think it'll be a lot closer this season. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with that. I'm with that. I think it's. Uh, I'm. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say that they're going to. I feel like, yeah, you know, with the prim, like what you are saying with the prim, it's tough to say. But then it's definitely possible because you're also looking at um, how, like, the corona just, like, messed up uh, the football schedule. Liverpool are going to be picking up where they left off. Yes, the game with Leeds, the game against Leeds was shaky in terms of defence. Yeah, Leeds could have won the game. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, like... Just as Dan pointed out that like City haven't had that much of a preseason, no one's had that much of a preseason, and because of that, you would just what was already happening to keep going. So yeah, on that basis, I think yeah, um, Liverpool have a strong ability to retain the title. But then again, guys, this is the Premier League. Like yeah, people are going yeah. to be hungry and you know there's always that see there's always that thing where in Premier League football if you win the champ if you win whatever tactic you're using is going to be figured out quote unquote figured out and mm. everyone is just going to be on you because of that. Like we've seen that multiple times there was the Conte three at the back when everyone played three at the back like all 20 teams played three at the back and Conte won the league they figured him out next season while well, they were yeah. Well, it, the tactic was figured out the next season. But yeah, things like that. Like, the Prem is just always evolving when you think that it's, it can't go any further. So, yeah, it's going to yeah. be interesting. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what the boys do. But yeah, like, with talent like Trent, like, I, I just, I, I like the way Trent plays. And the fact that you guys are creators in the mid especially if Thiago lands in the mids and on the full-back positions, that is, yeah, that is something that you can't just, like, obtain every day. So, yeah, it's possible. I just hope it doesn't happen, though, of course. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> uh, exactly. No, 100%. Yeah. I think... Um, of course, uh, everyone expects Liverpool to win, but yeah, the gaps, uh, as you said, the gaps won't be that too big. Well, that's what we're predicting. I don't think the gaps will be too big, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We will. Yeah. I think one thing. I think one thing that might help, um, just on what you said, bro, is like you said that the tactics keep getting figured out every year. So 
I think that it might actually play to Liverpool's advantage in that sense that Klopp hasn't really created a tactical, like a set tactic, like he's willing to alter for every game and he's willing to grow in that area. And I think what he's called Liverpool is the mentality monster. So it's a mentality of winning rather than a tactic of winning. So I think that could play to Liverpool's advantage again as they go for the next season, for the season. Yeah, that's, that's actually an interesting take. Like, yeah, I had never, I had never looked at Klopp as someone with a tactical identity. The only tactical identity I could associate with Klopp is gig impressing, of which I love, like, fully, fully saw it at Dortmund. So even, like, now, that just, that, him being in Liverpool and not fully having that is also a testament to what you're saying, that, like, yeah, Klopp is also evolving. Like, he's not staying on one tactic. He's also improving his game. Because, yeah, everyone knows him as a motivator and not exactly as a tactician. So, yeah, I guess he's also got some learning to do. And, yeah, I'm with that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we, we've got our takes. Uh, Diggy thinks it's possible, just like me. Uh, we're both hoping it doesn't happen. Dan sees it as it's possible. And he thinks it's going to happen. We respect that. Uh, yeah. Everyone's entitled to the opinion. <laughs> that sounds like such a sour quote. <laughs> no, you're allowed. You're allowed. <laughs> um, uh, but, like, honestly, yeah, if Liverpool wins again, like, we won't hear the end of it. That's the honest truth. <laughs> but you know, now, but, but the bonus is, is then you won't have the United fans holding the 20 over everyone. Like, there'll be Liverpool there as well. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, I guess they won't be alone, but yeah, ish, yeah, it's just it's just gonna be tough either way. You know, I actually prefer Liverpool to win the title over Man United in any single day. Like, uh, it's just that you already know Man United fans. You know what you're gonna get. Ah, uh, yes, we we are the best team in Manchester. We are the best team. Uh, Liverpool, it's yeah, it's it's okay. I don't mind. I have no I have no beef for Liverpool, but Man Man United, like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't. Nah, I hear uh, Yeah, but speaking, yeah, speaking of people and they're the growing. Are you okay, Dan? Sorry, what was that? Oh, I was, I was going to talk, I was going to say, like, speaking on Liverpool and, like, the way they're growing, I was going to uh, start talking about, like, potential signings and obviously, oh, like... Okay. Yeah, obviously, like, the biggest potential signing that we heard through transfer rumours is Thiago Alcantara. Yeah. So, my opinion on that is, like, everyone is pushing for that. And obviously, Thiago is a world-class player. Like, I would love to have him in Liverpool. I think any team in the world would love to have a player like that in your squad. But I think with, with Liverpool, with what Klopp has built, he, he likes a hungry squad. And... I think we'd have to sell a midfielder because, like, if you look at the Liverpool squad right now, since they went back to the seven substitution rule, if you look at the whole squad, like your starting lineup of, let's say, Allison, Trent, Gomez, Virgil, Robertson, then the midfield, let's say, Fabinho, Keita, Henderson, Salah, Firmino, Mane. And then you look at the potential subs and you have seven to choose from. You had Adrian, Milner, Wijnaldum, Curtis Jones, Minamino, Origi, Matip, Williams. Oxley Chamberlain, Harry Wilson, Timikas, Shakiri, then Harvey Elliott Brewster. So that's like potentially 14, 15 names on the 
of which only seven can make the bench. So I think it's a tricky one that Klopp won't push for signing unless he sells someone because he wants that smaller group of players who are willing to push. And he has that philosophy of he won't sign a world-class player who will sit on the bench or he won't sign a player to sit on the bench. He'll sign a player to start. So, or to be in the, at, least, at least the match day squad. Because it's, it's, it's tricky because he would rather rely on like the likes of Brewster, Elliott, um, maybe Wilson, the youngsters, to, or Necker Williams to fill the gaps rather than pushing for another signing. So I think with that squad size, I can't see us signing another player unless we sell someone. So I think if Wijnaldum does go to Barca, then possibly you'd see Liverpool really push for Thiago. And then if Origi does go, um, he's rumoured to go, then maybe the push for Sa is another one. But otherwise, I don't see them making too many signings, given the, the squad that they have already. So, yeah, that's just my take. Oh, that's interesting. That's really interesting. I, I, I hadn't looked at it in, the ter- uh, in terms of Liverpool already having squad depth and trusting their youth. Uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's actually a really interesting take. Simba, what do you think? I think uh, Dan was, was spot on. I think even when you was mentioning about the, the youth players um, filling up those gaps, I think that's one thing that um, even at Chelsea that we're going to see in the future where you don't need to spend money on a central midfielder or central attacking midfielder when there's one in the academy you can fill up that gap so I think that and that saves a lot of money so I think it does make sense it does make sense and yeah, yeah I, have, I have my question is this that do you think without okay you did do it last season but do you think this season don't you think maybe we just need one player just to of course, a player needs to leave, but then maybe just one player to to fill up one of those positions because I look at maybe a, a Salah or a Mane, or let's just say Salah, if, if he gets injured or something like that, who's going to come in to his position, those type of things. So wouldn't you need to buy someone for, for that type of... if that in the first situation like that does happen? Yeah, so so I agree with that. I think I would love to get someone like Sa. Um, a while back, I really wanted Memphis Depay, but I, I think he's on his way to Barcelona, and I don't think Liverpool ever thought about him. But I like the the thought of getting someone like Sa. I think um, everyone says that it's it's just because of his pace, but and because he scored against Liverpool. But I think if you look at it, but if you if you look at Mane when Mane was signed. He was known for his pace and for scoring against Liverpool. The same thing. Salah, he was known for his pace and being a flop in the Prem. But Klopp developed both of them into world-class players. So I think... And he has a, he has a, a history of signing Wijnaldum from Newcastle, who got relegated. Robertson from Hull when they got relegated. So I could see Salah fitting in quite nicely. So personally, like I love Origi, but I, I would prefer the versatility of having a faster w- wide player who can, um, who can play on both sides almost, and just bring that that extra cover? Because, like you said, if Salah Mane gets injured, or also, um, yeah, if, if they're missing, then it's a it's a big problem. So, I, I would personally like that, and I think if the rumors of either Origi or Brewster going, and if I had to choose, I would rather keep Brewster because I think he's a big talent. 
So if we were to lose Origi to get Sa, I wouldn't be that hurt. I mean, I know Origi is a Liverpool legend. Corner taken quickly, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Sa brings more versatility. So that that would be my take. I think it is needed. Yeah, but then again, you look at someone like Harvey Elliott, who give him another year, he'll be quality on the right wing. So yeah, <laughs> it just depends what club wants to do. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to ponder. Like one option that I had seen like milling about was obviously the whole uh, 30 million deal where it's a three-way thing. And that involved obviously Genie going to Barcelona to link up with Frankie and then Liverpool using that very same 30 million to go and get Thiago. I don't know. Like now, now, like before, I don't even lie. Before I jumped into this, like before I jumped into this podcast, I was thinking like, ah, now nah, without a doubt, I'll take Thiago because of his class. And I think I think Thiago is the type of player that would make sure that Liverpool, okay, maybe not a twenty-point gap, but at least like a ten-point gap to the title again. I think he's 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 that quality. Like he can lift a midfield up like that. So. Mm. Yeah, but then now I've just thought about it and I'm thinking positioning. Thiago has now settled in the later stages of uh, in the latter stages of his career as a defensive midfielder. And if you're having Thiago Thiago Alcantara as a defensive midfielder, that immediately means that Fabinho might just be out of business. Right. And then that just raises the issue that Dan was talking about the match day squad. If you're having someone like Fabinho on the bench or potentially on the bench to go and sit next to, for example, Nabi Keita, that's, yeah, that in itself is going to be daunting. So, yeah, I'm not sure if, if that's worth it, but that is something that I would like sit down and talk to my assistant coaches and say, okay, like, is this, is this worth it? I think I think it depends what formation they're playing because I mean in the preseason game um, the last one we played I think it was against Blackburn I think it was Blackburn it was like we were actually two 0 down and then it became seven two but you saw but that was when the international break had happened so our defense was gone <laughs> like mm-hmm. the whole defense but you saw like them switching to a formation where it was four two three one and you had Minamino playing behind Firmino and that brought about a huge success. And you almost think of the potential of having Fabinho and Thiago playing that holding role, just like Thiago plays alongside um, Goretzka at Bayern. And you think of that, and that's that's also a, a daunting team to think about, which would be quite exciting for me. Personally, I would love to see that. But then, yeah, it will be interesting, yeah. But I think he could also fit into the 4-3-3. So I, w- I would love that signing to come through. Oh yeah, well, there's also Minamino. Yeah, yeah. This, this Liverpool team is actually quite stacked in terms of depth already. Like, most, most squads are struggling for depth, but um, yeah, Liverpool seems to already have that. Like, it's, it may not be spoken about enough, but yeah, it seems like the squad is kind of stacked. Mm. I think also, you look at the fringe players and Klopp will improve them. I think, I can't think of a player who's been at Liverpool under Klopp, who hasn't gotten better. Even if they didn't stay, they've just improved. Um, he has a way of improving players. So I think Minamino will turn out to be a very good player, just given time. The same way Fabinho, he, was, he started and he was 
like people are like ah, why did they sign this one to sit for three months and not play but then he turned into like you said a quality player mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Yeah, this like I don't even lie. I'm learning a lot more about Liverpool in this podcast than I have learned in the past three weeks. Um, <laughs> honestly, yeah, no, no, it's actually a good year from like a good base and yeah, your unequivocal uh, takes and listen to like in-depth analysis about how certain teams work and yeah. I, I, I didn't I didn't rate Harvey Elliott or Brewster. In fact, I used to I used to just look at Brewster as a scrub. Like I I used to look at Brewster as like someone who who used to come back for preseason and then yeah we just send him back on loan just before the season starts. But yeah, like with the way it's looking, he he seems like he's definitely part of the Liverpool future. Mm, I remember so, yeah. someone made a joke saying that he's got more. Uh, Liverpool FC TV appearances than actual appearances, which was actually kind of deep. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think with Brewster, the big problem that he had is he came back from that that under nineteen World Cup. I think he came back. He was in the squad with the the boys went. It was him, Foden. I think was Greenwood that same year. I'm not sure. Him, Foden, Callum Hudson Odoi. Mason Mount, that whole group of players, I think they went when they won the World Cup and he came back with the golden boot and he was looking ready to peek into the first team. But then he had that, I think it was 16-month injury um, on his knee. So I think that was a, a big one to try and climb back from. But we saw glimpses of it in the championship last year when he went to Swansea. So keen to see him start to get back to that form. Hey, do you know who else peaked at Swansea? Wilfred Barney. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's him. That's what he legend. He's the one. Yeah. Like, uh, another uh, and that was uh, obviously Tammy Abraham. Like, yeah, he seems to have a good look at uh, strikers that are ready to set the premier blaze. And just, yeah. Just sorry, just a fun fact. Um, Brewster came from the Chelsea Academy, so if he does well for Liverpool, we already know where he came from. Ah. Just a reminder. So Just now he's he's destined for the top. I I always knew. <laughs> now we know. Just a reminder. Yeah. <laughs> but but just actually interesting on that note. Like I just I just remembered um, with the youth and the whole club bringing the youth in. I think. It's something that he's really, really pushing for as well. I mean, they just spent a whole, I think it was 60 million on building, on extending their Kirkby training academy. Um, it was their youth academy. So that the first team also trains there. So they've just done a whole revamp so that the first team moves in there. So that the youth and the first team are training together. So I think that shows a strong emphasis on developing youth. So, yeah, that's something exciting. And the bond. Exciting, yeah. Between the first team and the academy, yeah. Exactly, so that it doesn't feel like, like I can imagine, like, okay, you're training with the first team today, then you have to go, like, somewhere else. It's, mm. yeah, already, like, putting pressure. But if you're training and watching them train as well, like, and then they say, okay, go train with these guys now, it's it's less pressure. Yeah, and it's... Yeah, and it's also inspiring because you want to reach that side. You're like, I want to go to that field and train with those ones. 
Like it's I want like, to get to that level. Yeah. Yeah, you're on the money there. But then, like, yeah, so, um, moving on to the next thing, talking about like that winning culture that Liverpool is trying to instill in both the first team and the youth. Um, would we still consider Liverpool invincible? Like, do they still have that that shield around them that they had last season, where they were literally untouchable, especially at Anfield? Do you think like they will still have that? Oof. I think they're definitely going to push to have that mentality because I think everyone in the club just wants to win. They've, um, from the the management to the captains, I think having um, captain in Jordan Henderson, who's just so passionate and just wants to win, but also having people like Milner in the squad, and he's a great influence. Um, he, he's a a great professional who wants to do so well. I think I think they will push for it. I don't know if they'll have that same level of. Um, um, like you said, of being untouchable, like being in their own bubble, just because I don't think that's possible to do two seasons in a row. Um, yeah. Having said that, I mean, I know, I know Man City almost did it. They got 100 points and then 98 points. Like, that was crazy. But I, I don't think they'll have that same level where you're just like, oh, Liverpool's won again. Oh, Liverpool's won again. I think they'll... they'll I think they could get close to that. It'll, it'll just be interesting how it plays out because, like... You then watch on Saturday against Leeds where they just kept finding solutions. And you're just like, well, this is exactly what they did last season. Um, but then again, you also look at the other side where it was quite easy for the other team to get goals. But then you wonder, is that rustiness or is that just the defense being figured out? So it'll be an interesting one to see. But I think, I don't think they'll have that same level, but I think they'll definitely strive for it. I see. Now that's yeah, that's that's actually quite accurate. Like it's very, we know that they will definitely have like the passion and try put the tempo up and try keep that because like it's really it's it, it's really like daunting to come as a as a away team, especially at Liverpool. Like okay, maybe they they no fans this time, so maybe it'll be less daunting. But like yeah, it's always oh going to Anfield in any capacity is always tough. Mm. Yeah, I think even they've really put that that whole Anfield um, fortress thing. Like, I think it was Crystal Palace 2017, the last time they lost. Um, it's 60 home Premier League games unbeaten, and I don't think they're going to want to lose that. So I think at home, they'll still be that same animal with or without fans. But away, I don't know if they'll have that same level of um, consistency. Uh, I see. Simba, what do you think? Yeah, I think yeah, Liverpool, as I said, um, they are the team to beat right now. Um, 2018-19, they clocked on 97 points. Last season, what did they hit? Was it 96? 99. 99, they clocked 99 points. So that's already over 200 points. Close to, yeah, over 200 points. So, yeah, they have set the bar high. In terms of being invincible, I think, of course, they are... They are the best team in the country, but in terms of them being invincible, um, I don't know. I don't want to sound um, cynical or jumping to conclusions, but <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm looking at some of their games. I mean, the Leeds, uh, the game against Leeds, of course, we could say that, yeah, rustiness, whatnot, but 4-3, a team of Liverpool's quality, I'm just like, okay, maybe this is a one-off. But even at, at the back end of last season, 
the Man City game as well, where they got beaten 4-0 or 4-0, 5-0, I forgot the game. Even the game where they won against us, um, the 5-3 one, I was just looking at it and like, wow, if you actually go and attack these guys, of course it's risky at the end of the day. But then if you go out and attack these guys, you could actually cause some problems. So in terms of inv- um, invincibility, I don't know. It's it's tricky, but I still think yeah, Liverpool are the team to beat. But I wouldn't really call. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, um, no one can beat them because yeah, the the evidence is there about all these teams that have beaten them. But yeah, um, it's tricky. I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, like I mean, obviously. To be a hundred percent invincible is is close to impossible. Even that Arsenal Invincibles team, like they they did not like invincible. They were not invincible in the sense of winning every game, but they just managed to go through a whole season unbeaten. They managed to go through a whole season unbeaten. So yeah, like I guess like the full image of invincibility is not exactly possible. But yeah. Um, Every team has its flaws. I would say that, yeah, every team has its flaws, but it's harder to identify Liverpool's. Like, you can say, yeah, they, they scored. Like, it's not, I'll give an example of Chelsea. You know that Chelsea set pieces, it's over. Kepa, it's over. You, you, you know, like, certain points, even United, you can say, I had to hear sometimes, it's over. But I don't think there's that in Liverpool. Like, even for the Leeds game, Van Dyke had to make mis- Virgil Van Dyke, like he had to make mistakes for that to for for Leeds to be in on goal, for Bamford to be in on another Chelsea reject. Yeah, that's a story for another day. But like, <laughs> <laughs> another one, DJ Khaled. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Um, I feel like Liverpool. If anything, they've shown that if they're going to lose. It's all their own mistakes, not off a team being better. And that's kind of, that's also kind of frustrating because that just shows like how good they are. Like even in bad games, they're still capable of winning. And the only thing that can beat Liverpool is basically themselves. So yeah, it's tough to admit, but I think that's what it is. Yeah. The biggest enemy that Liverpool has is, are themselves. Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Just yeah, hope like, those mistakes stop. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Uh, you're hoping that they stop. I'm hoping that Timo scores a hat trick off them. You know, it's it's, 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 it's just one of those things. <laughs> it's written in the stars. Yeah, let's 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 use this moment to actually just jump into analysis over that game to. Talk about that. It's on a Sunday, yeah? It's a Super Sunday game. Yeah, Super Sunday. 5.30 on Sunday. Uh, quality. That's, yeah, that's, I think that's going to be a great game because uh, so many people are going to have chips on their shoulders. Like, people are going to be like, ah, these guys just, like, barely scraped leads. They're going to suffer against Chelsea. And then, obviously, people in the other end who watch the Chelsea game will be like, ah, as long as Lox's cheek starts, these guys are losing. You know, it's just yeah. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation going on, and yeah. Before we even get into scores, 
Dan, how do you think the game is going to be like? Um, I think I think it'll be similar to the game we saw last season at the end. Um, high intensity, high scoring. Um, it'll be an interesting game. I think it'll. I don't think there'll be either team keeping a clean sheet. I think it'll be both teams scoring goals. Um, just looking at Chelsea, I still. I don't want to be roasting Kepa as always, but I still think with him there, it's. I don't see them keeping a clean sheet. Also, um, the form the form sellers in, um, and with Chilwell still injured, I don't see Alonso keeping him out. I think he'll just be. If Salah plays the way he played against Leeds, I think Alonso will be torn to shreds. But then at the same time, you look at Chelsea's attack: Werner, Havertz. I mean, Werner is just primed to run in behind that that high line. So. I think they'll also be scoring goals as well. So I think it'll be a high-intensity, high-scoring game. I feel Simba. Yeah, um, it's going to be an interesting game. I think, from a Chelsea point of view, it's a game where we can actually. Say, of course, I don't. I wouldn't want to say it's a game where we want to see where we're at because it's a bit too early. But it's an indication of the things to come in the future. So. Yeah, uh, it's going to be an open game. Uh, I don't think both teams are going to keep clean sheets. And yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. And Dan said something. I actually want to ask you a question about this. You mentioned about a high line. Do you think Klopp is going to play, he's going to use that high line knowing that Timo Werner, which also is based Timo Werner, um, Hudson, Doi, Pulisic, all these fast players um, in their ranks. Do you think he's going to risk that or... I think sit back a bit. I think for me it depends on who plays in the midfield. Um, I think that makes a big difference in that if you looked at the Leeds game, one thing that they exploited is because Henderson was playing the holding role. Henderson is a high-pressing player. So if you watched, he kept pressing up the field. There were times he was the highest-pressing player and he was supposed to be protecting the back four. And then what that caused was either Gomez or Van Dijk was sucked out and they both moved up and then the space was in behind, and the gap was too big between the back four and Allison. So I think if Fabinho plays, I think he will cover that zone, and then they'll be slightly three, four meters back. And I think for them, with their pace, with Gomez and Vadaik, they're two quick, quick players. And I think that four meters is enough for them to cover that space, also with Allison being very, very quick off his line. So I think it depends who plays. I think if Fabinho plays, I think they'll maintain that, that line they play. And um, I think Fabinho being there will make the difference in that Gomez and Van Dijk can make up the, the base. It also depends if Gomez starts. Because if Matip starts, they automatically drop a few meters just because he doesn't have the same pace as Gomez or Van Dijk. So, yeah, it just depends who plays for me. Yeah. Um... Kind of, kind of the same thing on a on a Chelsea perspective, the, the defensive aspect. But mine is like more simple. Mine is simpler, I believe. Just yeah, if Alonso starts, that's done. And like, yeah. man is getting nutmeg by Lamptey. And now the Chelsea rejects. Why? Why are these Chelsea rejects just turning up? Like, what's going on? Like, maybe we have too many. But like, yeah, like um. The way Lamptey just lit up. Now, now listen, I know that Lamptey is an electric player. Like, he showed it when he came on off the bench against Arsenal last season. He showed that he's actually capable of playing good football. But, yeah, the way Alonso was getting skinned was disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I put Ben in training 
um, this week. Him and I, I hope he's. I hope he's not fit from from my point of view. Yeah, he might not be fully fit. It's just I think it would be touch and go. Yeah. Is Aspigret a fit? Yeah, he's yeah. Fit. So he he's might fit. play left back. I would put him at left back. Or do you think with with Lampard he played a, a back three at the end of last season? Do you think he might go back to that to put um, possibly a, someone else at left left wing back, even Pulisic or someone like that? Now, if, he plays, if he plays three at the back, Alonso is definitely starting, and as we yeah, be one. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, like whether we like it or not, unfortunately, Alonso is actually the best wing back at Chelsea. Yeah, that actually daggers my heart. But like, yeah, it's it's actually so true. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. uh, I, I was saying to Dicky earlier in the in an earlier episode of the podcast that I the only team that can force Chelsea to play three at the back is Liverpool. So. But I don't know if that three at the back is going to be part of Lampard's identity. I see him as someone who wants to put as many bodies as he can in attack and keep the ball as much as he can, like have as much position as possible. And you can't just you can't have as much position as possible with three at the back. It's yeah, it's it's just tough. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Lampard approaches this game. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he trusts Kepa still, because yeah, that that was appalling uh, what he did against Brighton. I mean, yeah, the, to be fair, Kepa actually had a good game bar that, but the fact that he's still capable of doing what he did last season, just like yeah, it just leaves people like on edge, I believe. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting tactical battle, and I think it will be decided by the midfield, because if you look at the wings. Uh, Trent going forward is going to mess things up. Salah going forward is going to mess things up. But we can just say the same thing. Even if Alonso is left is left back, he can go mess things up. And if Pulisic is playing on the left, Trent is going to be in trouble. It's just, yeah, it's just going to be wave after wave on both sides. So I think the midfield is going to decide the game. I hope Kovacic will be back. Um, I'm sure Dan will hope that Fabinho will be back because those are the most stable. I think those are the most stable midfielders on both sides. Um, which is obviously Chelsea player of the season. And Fabinho, in terms of maintaining the shape, I think he does it best. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I, don't, I also don't think it's going to finish with a clean sheet on either side. But, yeah, like, Allison decides to have a good performance, then maybe it'll be like a 1-0 to Liverpool. Which then gives me the chance to ask for score predictions. I'm going to twist it around and ask Simba this time. Simba, what do you think the score is going to be? Oh, um, it's quite difficult because this is Wednesday, so I don't know who's who's gonna be fit, who's gonna be playing on Sunday. Yeah. But I'm going to go for two on Chelsea. I think two on Chelsea do it. Yeah, I think two on Chelsea. Timo to be on the score sheet, and he goes and hugs Lampard and Klopp. <laughs> Christ, tears out. <laughs> uh, see. Uh, Dan? Um, 
hey, I wasn't far off the other day when I said four two for for Liverpool Leeds. Um, I think, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bold prediction. I'm gonna say three one to Liverpool, but I'm also gonna add on that I think, given last season, I think Trent is gonna score another free kick. I mean, he did it twice against Chelsea last season, so I think we're gonna see that as one of the goals, a Trent free <laughs> kick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will, I will say uh, 2-1 uh, Chelsea like what Simba said and I'm seeing Pulisic scoring again yeah I can also see him scoring I, 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 if he plays I think he'll score for Chelsea yeah like <laughs> like just what I was saying like the same thing especially if he if he starts on the right then maybe he won't score but on the left I think that just like boosts his chances not 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 that like um he's that class, but also like defensively I feel like Trent still has to prove himself. And if he doesn't get help, like let's say if Joe Gomez doesn't come and help him on that side, he might just be in trouble. And with Timo on the thing, like it depends, like if, if Van Dyke can actually hold Timo by himself. And yeah, it we'll just see how defensive rotations are going. But yeah, I'll stick to my guns and say. 2-1 Chelsea. I think Trent will be... I think that, like, I think who was it who said that's the worst he's ever seen Trent? I think it was AC said that's the worst he's seen Trent. And I think, again, it was like Trent didn't do any preseason with Liverpool. He was training by himself and then he went straight to the England camp. And then he came back and I think he had two days and then played. So, I think for him, after this week, he'll be better. But I think he'll still struggle because Pulisic is an explosive player. True. Oh, interesting. I actually don't know that. I didn't know that he hadn't actually joined for Liverpool. Mm. Oh. So I think that's that's why it was one of the worst. Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. That like this whole Corona thing has actually just like messed up schedules completely. So if anything, everyone is starting from like a zero zero. Like normally preseason would be like starting from scratch, but this this type of zero is different. It's it's more, you can feel it more. You can feel that, okay, these players are not serious. Like, for example, like we have it switched into the linesman there. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are multiple things like that. Like, um, also, Dunk, Dunk, Mr. Sitter, Dunk should have made it 2 2 against uh, Chelsea as well. Um, Salah should have uh, should have put some chances away against Leeds. You can just tell that there's like some some match shop things going on. So yeah, you will just see how the game goes. Hopefully, like the intensity of the game, the the occasion in itself is going to make people wake up, you know, and say, okay, this is a big game, guys. We need to wake up. Let's actually what? Let's actually go get this game. So yeah, but we're going to wait and see. Um, Obviously, it's going to be a tough four days, is it? Today's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's going to be a tough four days. Um, yeah, I know I don't... we're going to be at each other's necks on the IG group, on the WhatsApp group. We're going to, <laughs> going to be coming out at each other. We're going to see... Rattling uh, each other. <laughs> exactly. You already know how it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, we'll just be waiting. But yeah, speaking of coming at each other, speaking of... Um, Making sure that we go at each other's necks. Let's talk about the presses. Let's let's talk about what what's been going on in the press conferences lately. 
and build up to this game because like yeah like the build up to this game has been way deeper than just um just a normal game obviously in the last game like dan mentioned like there was the 5-3 um the 5-3 game there was the shout there was the shouting that happened with lamps and Klopp. and obviously Klopp tried to be a mediator frank wasn't having any of it so yeah that that we thought that boiled over but then um now comes the report saying of Klopp saying that um, he's not going to behave like Chelsea. I mean, the capacity that he said it with was probably decent, but now things have been like boiling, things are now boiling because Frank responded and he said he finds Klopp's response um, laughable. So it's now just like interesting to see like, okay, this is, this feels like beef from the last game. And if anyone wins this, whoever wins this game is going to have like the last laugh. Well, not the last laugh, but like he's going to be there uh, in someone's face until the next game. So yeah, I wanted to hear what's your take on that then? Like what's your take on the whole situation? Not just like the, um, what Klopp said just now and what Lampard said just now, but like the whole context stretching from last season. Mm. The, the, the context of the, the last one, I think in the... What Lampard said, it was a heat-of-the-moment thing. I think he's, he even came out and said he regrets it. And yeah. for me, Lampard, Lampard is still a young manager. Um, and he's still getting to grips of um, being on the touchline, trying to make decisions. Um, you look at the players, the way they react on the fields. I think there's still a, that, that passion in him. And also, he's very passionate about Chelsea. And he loves the club. And I think that game was meant more to Chelsea than it did to Liverpool because Chelsea were trying to secure top four, whereas Liverpool had already achieved everything. So I think the fact that it, it meant more to him, so he was more passionate on the touchline. And I think we've seen Klopp go crazy on the touchlines as well. Um, it's, it's part of being a manager. But I think for Lampard, what he said, um, it also doesn't help that Klopp also often said that his first years as a manager, he, he got to make his mistakes in private. Like he was at a smaller club in um, the Bundesliga too, where he, was, he, he, he made decisions, he said things, but he learned because it was in private. Whereas Lampard, this is his, is it his third season? Going to, that was last season was the second, third. Yeah, third. Yeah. We're now going into the third season, yeah. So it's, so it's still fresh as a manager. So still getting to grips of handling yourself. So I think he, that's that's why he said it. But I think he did regret it. I don't think Lampard is the type of person who would always go after other managers and cause guans. I think I just don't see him with that type of character. I think it was a heat of the moment. But then going to this thing, I think. With with Klopp, what he said, I think it was like a, I think we talked about it earlier. I was saying it's a, it was a, a reaction to the criticism that he's faced. Where like he's come in in five years, he's taken Liverpool from um, not even making Europa to champions of Europe, champions of the world, and then champions of England. And then people are still questioning. Last season, every Liverpool fan questioned like, why are you not making any signings? And then he delivered the league. And then we're like, oh, snap. And then. This season comes and then, like, I actually had an argument with my brothers where they were like, we need to bring in players. And I'm like, I don't think we need to. I mean, I would love Thiago. I would, I would relish the chance, but I don't think it's a necessity. I think with a midfield that just delivered you a 99-point season to say that they're not good enough is a bit like, I think Jamie Carragher said it. He was like, it's a bit disrespectful to say that, like, they just delivered a 99-point season and you're just saying they're not good enough. Like, you're just like, uh... But then I think it was a reaction to that. 
And I don't think I don't think what he said was correct. Um, but I think it was taken out of context. Where for me, when I saw the press conference, it was just him saying, because everyone said, "Why aren't you spending like Chelsea, like um, whatever?" And of course, Chelsea spent out of what they'd made. I think I also argued this to my brothers, where everyone was roasting them, and I'm like, "Well, Chelsea spent 180 million or something, but they also sold Hazard and Morata for that much. So like, the net spend is only like four million. So it's the same thing where." You're like, Lampard is spent, but he's spent smart. And that's what I think people are worried about. They're now concerned, so now they're almost like, ah, I'm worried about Chelsea. And now they're noticing it. But then, like, (laughs) when they were spending 30 million on Bakayoko and that, owns are like, ah, that's fine. (laughs) Use your money. (laughs) So I, I I think the reaction was, I don't think it was that bad what he said, but I think it was taken out of context. But then I get why people would be offended because I think Lampard was then like, well, why are you questioning? Because you spent 60 million on Ellison, 50 million on Keita, 70 million on Van Dijk. You spend money as well. So I think that's where Lampard came from. So I think it was just, it was, it was, uh, both reactions were like taken way out of context just because of the build-up. Like we said, it's going to be a heated build-up. I think that caused it. So now people are like, ah, Liverpool-Chelsea, the rivalries of the 4-4s and European Knights, the what right So I think now people just wanted to hype it up to cause a bigger game. But I don't think it was that bad. But yeah, that's just my take. Uh, that, that's expensive. But before I comment on that, I want to hear Simba's take. Because I know Simba's got a radical view, so I want to hear what he's going to say. <laughs> I like how you said radical view. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I do agree with um, what Dan was saying. I think most of the stuff you're saying is spot on. I think sometimes you realize, you don't realize that some of these things are taken out of context, like someone who just cut off um, a certain part of a clip and then just put it there. And then you see that like, oh, so this is what he said, but you actually don't know what he said like previously. So, yeah, um, but for me, I think... Uh, what like what Dan said, I, I find it quite weird that when we're purchasing players like Morata, Bakayoko, Drinkwater, all these these players, no one really questioned Chelsea. They're just like, okay, it's it's all right, it's fine. But now we've signed these classy players. It's all of a sudden, wait, how are Chelsea allowed to spend so much money? How are they spending all this big money on Kai Havertz? All these guys. But when they're buying all those um, players who aren't good enough for Chelsea, it was just, there was nothing. So I just find that strange. And coming, and of course, I've, I've said, I said this in the group, I, I respect Jürgen Klopp. He's one of my favorite managers. Um, but then to start questioning, start saying Chelsea, mentioning um, oligarchs, and we all know Roman Abramovich, that doesn't really sit well with me because if I'm not looking at Liverpool, they were going and spending bucks on Allison, Van Dijk, all these players. We could go on. So for him to say um, Chelsea is spending so much money on these players, yet he's done the same thing, it's a bit hypocritical to me. But I do understand what he's coming from. Like One thing I did understand and one thing I did take from this, and I got from him when he was mentioning that you can't expect all these seven players to come into this team and just all fit in and start playing well from day one. I understood that it takes time for players to adjust, to acclimatise to the Premier League especially, and to build their chemistry. So that I understood. But then 
yeah, as I said, the mentioning about Chelsea spending this and all that, I mean, there he has to take his L, in my opinion. So, yeah, that's just my take um, about the whole situation. All right, I see. Dan, so long story short, Dickie said Klopp has to take his L and learn <laughs> on, what, on what he has to say. Like, he may, Klopp may have some valid points, but he needs to learn to take his L. How do you think about that? <laughs> nah, dude, don't worry. I think, I think if there's ever a manager, will admit his L's at Klopp. Klopp will, will own up. Like, I think there was a time he even said in a press conference, he was like, I never knew Henderson was capable of this when Henderson was now playing more attacking. He was like, I didn't know he could do this. This is news to me. Like, I'm just learning about this. This is amazing. It can add to our team. So I, I think if, if um, you're going to go that way, I think he will take it and he will learn from it. That's, that's just who he is. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I think that was an interesting summary from you, bro. Hi. <laughs> now, now I'm picking this up. I'm picking this up because, like, yeah, I, I want, I want, I want people to like have the full context to like how this started. So right now, like, I'm with, with my phone. I'm in the IG group right now. So like, <laughs> he's going to the X Files. I'm in the IG group. So the first thing. The first thing, what uh, which I say, which I see is controversial here, right? It's like obviously me because like I'm the one who brought the conversation into the group because it started with Dan. Like I saw Dan's comments uh, on one of the IG oh, no. posts, then I went and replied, and then we had like a we had, we had no. But wait, wait, can I wait before you go there? I just saw that. You know what annoyed me when I saw that? Was, wasn't that he said that Liverpool spent this much. I'll admit Liverpool spent money on all that. But then when yeah. they put Benteke there, that's when I was then like, ah, Ernst, can you vote? Oh, Klopp yeah. didn't even sign Benteke. <laughs> then I lost respect for the whole thing because I'm like, it's like someone saying that Lampard signed Pulisic. Lampard didn't actually sign Pulisic. Yeah. It's, it was before that. So it's like the same thing where you're like, how can you blame this guy for this person when he didn't even sign the Ernst? That's when I was like, I don't, I don't trust this post. <laughs> okay, yeah, and I, I, I get where you're coming from. It's one of those things where you're just trying to, like, bump up the numbers. Because, like, yeah, yeah it, like, I mean, Benteke was kind of confirmed only when Klopp came. Yeah, but, like, Klopp wasn't the one who put the signature on that, on that signing. So, it's like, yeah, why are you trying to put the zone further down the bus? Now, I feel that. I feel that, like that's yeah. That, I, I saw, I saw that comment. I, I left that one because, like, I had no, like, that, that. I just liked that one because it was, it was like, yeah, like, okay, now that's a bit, that's a bit too much. You, you're pushing, you're pushing the agenda because it then became an agenda. Yeah, you could, yeah. you could then clearly tell. Like, at, initially it was a point, but it was now turning into an agenda, and because of that, like, the point became a bit flawed. But yeah, yeah. um. Like now, now that we put that across, right? We go back into the IG chat, and I was just saying, like, I, I said, like, and I quote, I said, my point is just that Klopp can't say he can't spin like Chelsea when there are aspects where he spent more than Chelsea, right? Like, even like Benteke aside, like the fact that uh, Klopp is the most expensive defender between both teams. In fact, in the world, is it? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's that most, person. Is that convicted f- felon from Manchester United? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 the fridge, the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> right, the fridge is the man fridge. Like ha- man like yeah. 
And then, but I feel like what really kicked off, right, is when Simba jumped into the chat and he said, Klopp is salty because Chelsea are getting all their targets in one window. Oh, my days. I, I mean, I, I didn't lie, though. <laughs> nah, but like, yeah, I, I, felt like, I felt like that's when it slightly got heated, right? And then Dan came back, right? And he's like, but you you just didn't understand. Like, he, he basically told us that, like, nah, like, you, you guys aren't getting the point, right? Um, and then came back to the point that you guys are saying, like, basically that Liverpool can't spend in this specific window the way Chelsea have spent in this specific window. So, like, that was the point that was being made. But then, yeah, like, then there was, of course, um, Dan went on and talked about the narrative that, yeah, like, Chelsea have spent the most in in the summer. No, no, in, no, not in the summer, in all windows, like in this current, in the 21st century. And I was like, then I came back and said, nah, but that's, that's just not the case. Like we buy a lot of players. Chelsea buys a lot of, Chelsea buys a lot of players, loans a lot of players. But like in terms of actual spending, yeah, it's, it's kind of shocking because like you then deep how, how much was Hazard bought for when he was in Lille. Um, how much was Couture bought for when he was at Gink? How much was De Bruyne even bought for when he also came from Gink? It's it's one of those things where Chelsea like they buy a lot of people, but they don't spend a lot. So that's that's I guess that's another narrative where you just have to think about things. And yeah, but like basically, it's it's a tough it's a tough place. I wouldn't say. Like what Dicky said, like when Dicky said it was like Klopp needs to take an L, I, I, I wouldn't say Klopp lost. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that like Klopp is wrong. I wouldn't say Lampard is wrong. Maybe I would say Lampard is reactionary, but that's, that's passion for the club. You can't fault someone for having passion for the club, right? And it's not, and it's not like he said, Nah, it's not like that Gattuso passion where he said, nah, I'm going to punch this guy because I love AC Milan. Nah, he just defended his team. He defended his squad. So, yeah, I guess, like what Dan is saying, like, yeah, momentum of the game, Onza just taking previous games and just trying to, you know, uh, blow more wind into the fire, making sure that people are really want to play. I think it's just, yeah, it's just a tactic to make the game have that extra something. Maybe, who knows, maybe we might see a fight on the pitch between, like, the English guys. Because I feel like the English guys will be watching this more than Timo or Fabinho or any of these guys. You're going to see the English guys, like, taking offense to most of the things. So, but yeah, like, I'm not trying to predict the game. I'm just going to watch it play out. Um, Enjoy it. It'll be fun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, hopefully, my team the, doesn't get pulled. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, who's at home? Who's at home for that game? Chelsea. Our quality. And the bridge. So, that's actually an interesting point. I liked what you brought about. Like, I honestly had never really thought about it. That I actually, now that I think about it, I've noticed that, that you look at the most expensive signings. And I think Havertz is actually Chelsea's most expensive signing ever. So yeah. they've, never, they've never gone to extreme levels, but they have signed a lot of players. And I think what makes it worse is a lot of the big money signings have ended up being flops. So then people remember the amount that was spent on it. So like you look at Van Dijk, like everyone knows he was 75 million, but they also forget because they're like, it was worth it. 
But then yeah. you look at people like Torres went for 50 million and he flopped. Bakayoko, 40 million. Murata, 60 million. So, like, those were the expensive ones that flopped. And then people were like, ah, that was an L. Or even Kepa, 72 million. I think that's actually Chelsea's most expensive signing, which makes it worse because he's been, like, not that good. So, yeah. I think, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a valid point. But then I think also on what you're saying about Lampard and Klopp is they're, they're both re- reacting to criticism that they've got because around transfers, Lampard was actually like, I don't want to be known as a youth manager. I actually want mm-hmm. to sign players and develop my team. And also, he had a whole season where he wasn't able to sign anyone. So maybe yeah. what you're seeing is the both seasons transfer windows into one. So he's now merged what he wanted from the last transfer exactly. and this one into one. Whereas with Klopp, also you look at, he was criticized for not being someone who wanted to spend. And then he spent and then people criticized him for it. And then now he's not spending again and they're criticizing him again. So he's just like, so what do you guys want? So I think it was reactions based on those as well. English media is fickle. Facts. No, it's spot on, 100%. Uh, 100%. So, yeah, guys, like, um, I think we've stressed all we can. we put out all we can. About... But we haven't done, we haven't done lineup predictions. Or is it too oh, soon? Yes. Is it too oh. soon? Uh, we can do yeah. that. We can do that. Or a co- <laughs> combined lineup. Which which one of those is? Oh, yeah, we can. In fact, we can just do the spot on one. Yeah, spot on test. No, it's, it's good. It's good. Oh, yeah, thanks. Let's actually close. let's actually get on this. Close off on a on a nice note. Goalkeeper, no debates. Let's move on to right back. Um, goalkeeper's <laughs> caballero, dude. <laughs> 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 uh, we know Allison got blog. We know we know that Allison is not playing allowed. Yeah, obviously, Allison's playing GK. Wait, before we even pass GK, what's the formation? 4 3 3. Standard. Yeah, standard. Standard. Okay. Or we standard. could say 4 3 2 3 1. I think, yeah, for, just to make it interesting, let's go 4 2 3 1. Because then you can put the, the Havertz attacking mid one. Yeah. Four. Okay, yeah. So we'll, we'll go oh, for it. Oh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So 4 2 3 1, 4 3 3. Four to three one. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, so yeah, so goalkeeper Allison, right back. <laughs> <laughs> this is a debate because for me it's it's trend, but for Dicky, I know he wants to say um, James. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say it now. I did say it last season that Reese James is second best right back in terms of just English right backs. Trent first, Reese James second. The rest can go fight it out somewhere left back. I, I don't care. But we saw that whole lineup. There's there's places for them. There's eleven of them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's places for them. Um, no, I think of course I, as I, as much as I love Reese James, um, Tawanda. Um, yeah. I think yeah, Trent Trent has just proved that over the last three seasons he's he is the best right back in the country by a mile. Okay, not by a mile, but he is the best right back. So, yeah, it hurts me, but uh, I would go Trent. I would definitely go Trent. Um, for now. Just for now. James is coming. James is coming, 100%. Not, maybe, right. the, maybe the reverse fixture. Maybe he'll have proven himself. Exactly. So, uh, for now, it's, it's Trent. Like five more from 40 yards, and then there yeah, are people rating. 
Start seeing mm, was... Finn come outside. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so that's two for Liverpool now. Centre-backs. I think centre-backs will just go with two pairings. So, I'll go first. Um, I'll say Van Dijk. Um, and Silva. Say Van Dijk and Silva. Okay. Dan, what do you think? I, I want to say I want to say Van Dijk and and Gomez because I think those two are better than any other defender in Chelsea team. But then I remember Thiago Silva, and yeah, I think I think I would relish to see Van Dijk and Thiago Silva play together because those are two quality centre backs. I'm I'm gonna say Van Dijk and Silva as well. I see. But it's tricky because I think like Gomez is the best defender centre back in England out of the English players. Sorry. So, <laughs> but but I mean that's not too hard. I mean when you have people like um, John Stones and um, the Michael Keane and the, the felon as well, yeah. <laughs> but but I'll say I'll say Van Dijk and, and Thiago Silva. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, come to think of it, like I was I was going to I'll, I'm really trying to think of a way to say Van Dijk and Zuma, but, <laughs> but yeah. To, to be fair, I was actually gonna. That was my first thought, and then I just remembered. Yeah, silver's there, so yeah, yeah. So silver's quality. Yeah, so, silver's quality. That's that's yeah. That's something that you can't ever underestimate. He's a class player, and yeah, he needs to be treated as such. So yeah. So, so far, Allison, Trent, Van Dyke, Silva, left back, Matt Robinson. No. <laughs> Not Alonso. <laughs> no, fam. <laughs> nah, if, if, if the team that we're playing against had no right wing, I would put Alonso on. But like, nah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> if, they, if, they, if they just had two left wings, we could put Alonso. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be the word. Exactly, 100%. So, um, Robertson. Um, now we're going to the hardest place positions in the whole team midfield. So we said 43 1. I think we'll just go pick yeah. two again. So um, two mids, two CNs. No, I'm not going first this time. Dan, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go attacking and I'm, I'm gonna say Kovacic and uh, Navigator because I think Navigator is flipped in quality and when owns gaff how good he is they'll just be mesmerized but i think um that's quite attack but then having said that both of them can also they have good defensive attributes so yeah, i'll say those two Ooh, okay Anda? That's a hot take. very hot <laughs> i'm also surprised but yeah um Diggy. um <laughs> Since this is already an attacking team with the two attacking fullbacks, Kante definitely has to be there. Um, the other one, ish, this one's hard. I would say maybe Kovacic, although I'm leaning towards Fabinho, but I think I would put Kovacic there just for balance sake can't have both Fabinho and Kante doing the same thing so that's that, that's the thing both exactly. of them uh, it doesn't work exactly so yeah I would go 
Like, you wanted to say that, like, before we decided, like, think about balance, but you guys, yeah, you're already ahead of the curve, so <laughs> that's good. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm going Kante Kovacic. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what Diki said. That was exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say Kante Kovacic because, yeah, like, you're saying that, like, we already have, like, two forwards two fullbacks that basically act like forwards, right? Especially with, with defensive attributes, you have to give them respect. But yeah, I think Kante and Kovacic will give the stability that a center midfield pairing needs. I, I, I don't know why, but I can't see Fabinho playing something that is not defensive midfield. I feel like he's perfect for that position. Like, like Fabinho at DM is one of the most... Yeah, that's something that shouldn't be allowed because he's actually too good at it. So, yeah, um, any other Liverpool midfielder, Henderson, ah, I, I, I'm still trying to see how he is as a player. Like, I see him as a leader. I'm still trying to see how he is as a player. He's a good holding midfielder, but, yeah. He says that he's a good attacker as well, but, like, yeah, I, I still can't see it. So, that's on my perspective. Navigator, like you said, I see him going forward. I haven't watched enough Liverpool games to see him defensively, but I know that he once scorched Chelsea. I know, I know that like attacking is dangerous. But yeah, I think I'll end up just picking Kante and Kovacic because yeah, that's that's something that I definitely know that is like uh, some, so, someone who can work this that can play box to box. Yeah, hundreds, hundred percent. So attack. Ooh. Now, this is going to be dangerous. Wow. I think... I'm going to say Salah. Um, I think he has to be there. I can't, and I can't see a team without Salah. Yeah. Um, no, nah, no. Nah, Salah's there. Salah's there. That's, that's, that's a no-brainer. No, Wait, no, yes. Nah. Now, nah, okay, Ziyech has not enough time. Nah, nah. Salah True. Salah like a Reese James, where we're gonna see uh, on next time. <laughs> the next game. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think, I think one. Yeah. I think we can agree that it would probably be Salah and then putting attacking would probably Havertz and then up front Werner. I think the debating area would then be Pulisic. For me. That's that's, that's how I can see the debate being. You know I'm pick I'm picking my American stuff, but my American should <laughs> Oh, that's no, that's no, that was a Mane shocker, is, bro. <laughs> Man is a bowler. I, I like money, but hey, okay, no, but on a serious note, <laughs> it's hard, eh? I'm is trying to think to... about it in the sense of like, if you're talking about even like context of the game, if you're talking about a proven talent, then yeah, money is the money. Money has done it. Everywhere, Pulisic is definitely going to do it everywhere. But like, yeah, I mean, the man scored the perfect hat trick against Burnley at Burnley. That is nah, you, you, no one does that like all the time. Like, to win a header against those guys is just a miracle in itself. But like, yeah, um, Pulisic is someone who's going to be the definitely a uh, young player of the year candidate consistently. But yeah, I think I would then if I. If you're talking about, hey, dude, this champion, this is the Champions League final. I would rather have Pulisic coming off the bench. So I'll say Mane. 
Yeah, that's actually a good point. I think I think Pulisic could be more of a, a major impact player compared to Mane. Mane, I think he starts better. Pulisic is like, I mean, Pulisic came off the bench against Liverpool and just tore them to shreds um, in that game. I mean, he, he caused, I think he caused two of the goals. Like, he was just unplayable. Um, that assist for, who was it that scored the goal? Was it Mount? Tammy, Tammy. That's that's job to assist Tammy. Um, he yeah. like that was that was solid. Like that was unplayable. I think he went past four players and then. But I think from the start, I think Mane is Mane is a quick. He's, he's quick off from the start. He just he just goes. But I would say Mane on his day is unplayable. But then again, Mane has days where he's just like like against Leeds, he was just average. So so what are we saying then? So it's, it looks like it's a two-on-one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a two-on-one. Uh, it's, it's a democracy, my G. I'm sorry. It um, um, looks like one is one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, happened, it happened to me at the midfield. I, I got I got outvoted. <laughs> oh, my word. No, no, it's cool. It's actually... No, it's all good then. Fine. Uh, so you guys get money. So that's the team. We'll just run it through again. Goalkeeper yeah. Allison, right back Trent, centre back pairing Van Dijk Silva, left back Robertson, midfield pairing midfield duo pivot Kante Kovacic, left wing Mane, centre attacking mid Havertz, right wing Salah, and up front Timo Werner. That is the combat. I, 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 I would love to watch that team play. Eh? Fluff. That, that team needs to play together, and <laughs> we need to get it done. We need to get it done on FIFA, I guess. <laughs> that, that would actually be insane. Team. Oh my word! I'm just imagining like it'll be so hard to defend against them. It'll really be so hard to defend against them. Yeah. My God. Uh, that that would be a game. Oh my days! <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> no, don't worry. Um, Dan, you can send the email to Liverpool. I will send the email to Chelsea and yeah, we'll have a friendly setup probably against um what's the they best? Play the, no, they play the other players, the players that went Ah, started. exactly. Yeah. Make it give it like some personal beef. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, like actually, you weren't chosen. See if you can beat the chosen ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> really dope. That yeah. that would be dope. Gents, um, it's been really cool talking to you guys. Like, yeah, it's been a breath of fresh air. Like, I'm always telling Simba, like, this is probably, like, my favorite part of the week when we have yeah. to podcast because, yeah, you always hear some outrageous takes and you always get, like, new insights. Like, I'm always jumping onto this podcast and learning something new, which is, yeah, which is yeah, So, yeah, thank you, Dan, for being our special guest. Thank you for pulling through um Simba, thank you for giving us all your radical takes. Thank you for being you, my G. <laughs> Take that. As always. As always. You already know. Uh, um, yeah, but this is now like the promo section. Dan, if you want the people, if you want the people to find you, like where are we gonna go? We're gonna go on IG, Twitter, tell us what's up. Um, IG at Dan Halley and you'll get some some more pictures, the the album covers. 
I would definitely be a testament to that, guys. If you go on Dan's profile, you will see some dope pictures. And yeah, like if you if you want to use them for your album covers, please come through me. I'm the agent. You can charge a minimum of 50k. Uh, just that's the consultation fee, by the way. That's <laughs> consultation <laughs> negotiation uh, at least minimum three times the consultation. So like yeah, just keep that in mind when you come see the pictures. But yeah, um, on the live note, guys, again, thanks for pulling yeah. through. And yeah, to our listeners, uh, we hope you have a great week. And I hope you're just as excited as us for this Premier League weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And make sure you, you get those FBL teams in. Oh, good. Oh, yes. That's actually another thing I should point out, guys. If you are listening to this and you're not in the Fantasy Premier League, please go to our Instagram and look for the highlights where we have the Fantasy League codes. You can also DM us for the link. We will make sure that you have no excuses to explain why you are bottom of the table. So, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> nah, don't worry. We have we have two people on the call sitting at one and two. So uh, <laughs> the other person, the other person, I don't know where he is. Um, but it... <laughs> fighting it out, going toe to toe. we you already see that the boys are sizing up. But like honestly, that league is gonna be competitive. It's gonna be really competitive. So yeah, please come with your A game. We're definitely not gonna slag. But yeah. That's it from us. Have a good week, guys. We'll catch you later.